everyone. This is Caitlin. And this is Jessica. And this is Calling All Spirits. How are you doing, Jess? I am good. Uh, it's a great Sunday. How are you doing? I am less hot than I usually am because it's finally been raining and I love it so much. Oh, I know. We have needed that so badly. I, I just love, we had a thunderstorm again this morning. But first of all, did you have this reaction like, the other day when it thundered for like the first time in what's felt like two or three months, like I actually jumped. Like I almost, I was like, what is that? What is that noise? Because it's, we haven't heard it in so long. No, for sure. I actually, I didn't jump, but it was distant enough that I'm like, is that a trash can or a garbage truck teasing me with the idea of thunder or is it actually thundering? And so when it thundered again a few minutes later and then I saw lightning, I got excited. I was like, okay, good. I wasn't being lied to. It's not the garbage truck. It is actual thunder and lightning. And it's amazing. We've been so dry that like those big cavernous cracks that we had all summer, after yes. like 12 straight hours of rain, they're still there. <gasps> oh, I imagine. And so we have some more rain, I think, coming through tonight and for most of tomorrow. So I'm hoping they kind of, the soil spreads out a little bit. Those cracks fill in because some of them are big enough to catch a small human child. Oh my goodness. I, I was wondering because I was visiting our local cemetery in my hometown, which is going to come into play in this podcast and yeah it was just the cracks were I don't know why in a cemetery it seemed worse maybe because there's not a lot of tree cover but the cracks were huge it was just like oh my gosh yep they're they're pretty impressive because it's been it's been I mean no pun intended it's been bone dry for most of the summer (laughs) (laughs) it has it really has. No, yesterday I got to go running outside, which I haven't gotten to do that often. And there was like a breeze and I'm like, it almost feels like fall. Like, I feel like oh, it was just like, yay. oh, this is so nice. Yes, I didn't go running, but Joey and I were out and about yesterday because I finally got my ish together and I sorted through my mom and stepdad gave me three boxes of cookbooks a while back. And I'm like, and some Uh of them are from like the 1960s. So I don't, I was like, okay, what am I keeping? What am I donating? How are we doing this? And how is this going to work? So I went through it three or four times. I think it was the third time I went through it. And I finally had the boxes set to the side to take to the library. So we went to the library, we dropped them off and then we went to lunch and then we went to a bookstore that was across the street from the place that we went to lunch and there was enough cloud cover coming and going that it wasn't blisteringly hot. And I mean, it's not it's not fall for anyone in the world who has a real fall, but it does have that inkling of Texas fall where it's finally going to drop below 80 degrees for five minutes at least. And we don't have the unending blistering sun because that is basically fall in Texas. We just get a break from the sun. It doesn't actually get crisp. No, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. We have clouds in the sky and it's not what my my parents favorite line that they stole from you. It's not the surface of the sun. Twenty four seven. We get a little break. Yes, we do. It goes from actively trying to kill us to passively trying to kill us. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love it. No, that's awesome. Well, what a lovely day. I mean, a library and a bookstore and lunch is like perfect to me. It was beautiful. And we were joking on the way home because we hadn't planned on going to the bookstore. But we went and we unloaded a bunch of books. And our reward was to bring home more books. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I was just thinking, what a brilliant idea. Because we had a lot of books that were, I mean, things that we're probably not going to read again. I never... That's sad to think, but I never thought about seeing if a library wanted them, but that makes so much sense. 
It kind of depends on your local library and what their standards are. Okay. For the majority of the ones that we brought, um, they actually have a community table where basically oh. whoever wants free books can take them from the library. Oh, they nice. don't become part of circulation, but they're they're donated to people who want them. Oh, I love I need to see if our library does that. That's brilliant. Yeah, do it. Definitely. It's very freeing to unload the stuff in your house and then also know that they're going to a house that wants them and will use them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Very cool. Um, we got out a little bit today. Kind of did the same thing. We went to antique stores today. So yes, and actually, I was thinking about it after you after we got off the phone yes. earlier. We can always put this question out to the audience to see if you should go back and buy it or not. I love it. Yes, let's. I I. So what it is? I was at one of my favorite local antique stores. And there's a room that it's funny. I usually try to avoid this room with my child because it's like the toy room. And it's always going to be like, I want this. I want this. So usually I try to kind of pass it by. But of course he saw it. And so we went in there and he's looking at the toys. And I'm like, what's that laying on the table? And the box was ripped up and torn. But it was a vintage. I, I Googled it. It said 1930s, 1940s was the time period. Ouija board. The box is in terrible condition. I mean, it's like completely falling apart. But the Ouija board itself and the planchette look really good. So I picked it up with all intentions. I'm buying this. It's coming home with me. We started walking down the hall. And I kind of had a little bit of a panic attack of do I bring this into my house? And so, of course, I called Caitlin. So <laughs> let's just, I'm in this antique store with all these people walking around me holding this Ouija board FaceTiming Caitlin of, do you think there's something attached to this? Is it safe to bring in my house? Like, this is the conversation. And I'm just looking around and these little old people are just staring at me. <laughs> and my husband's just like, wow, this is this is where we are now. This is what's happening. I mean, he married you and he did it on purpose. So he can't really say much. I know. Hey, I'm just impressed he was going to let me get it. Me like, too, I'm actually. That was... I thought you were there without him and I was going to be like, I don't know if you buy it and then he gets mad at you, then you can sell it on eBay for a profit because it's an old Ouija board. Um, but realizing <laughs> he was there with you and he was chill with it was already mind blowing. I did not see that coming. Well, I wouldn't say chill, but he, he had accepted his fate. Like this, this is probably going to happen. I, I wouldn't say he was enthusiastic about it. And he did say, you're going to have to explain this to our families. <laughs> why this is in our house valid like, and i still think you can always find a wooden trunk and then like just keep it stored with selenite and maybe some sachets of salt or something uh, maybe some rosemary for good effect keep it kind of sealed and protected unless you're actively using it i mean i didn't pick up a lot on it like i think there's some residual stuff there but the official thing was i mean you can even ask our spirit guide our official stance in life is hesitate don't buy. Right. So right. you hesitated. Therefore, you put it down with the anticipation that if it's still there next week, you'll get it. Yes. Um, yes. Which is fantastic. It also may indicate that there's definitely something there because no one else will buy it either. <laughs> I know. I thought about that. But what do you all think? Do you think yeah. she needs to go back sooner than later and pick it up? I would love your thoughts because... I mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I don't think Ouija boards are evil. We have talked about this. But also, I think I do this with any antique object. Other people have had it. What energy is on it and mm -hmm. how are they using it? Maybe they wouldn't use it how we would use it. So it's just like, 
I feel like, I don't know. I just felt a little funny holding it. And, and as you know, Caitlin, I've handled other Ouija boards. The, there's one that I love that I will never own, mm. but I do love. And I get no weird vibes off of that one at all. Like, I, I'm Honestly, totally same. comfortable. But this one, I, I don't know. But it could have just been all in my head. So let us know what you think. And I actually posted a picture to my Instagram. <gasps> Maybe we should post a picture on the Calling All Spirits Instagram and have a poll. We will post we a will picture. We will definitely. We will do that. We will do that the day the episode <laughs> drops so that everyone can be absolutely clear what we're talking about. Yes. And I apologize if you all say yes and it's already gone. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> like, But then again, like you said, if it's not, maybe there's a reason. I don't know. I don't know. It may um, have also decided that it likes you and doesn't want to go home with anybody else. So it's going to be true. invisible to everyone else. That's true. So we'll see what you say. We will put it out to all of you. But I did not expect to see it there. Because I feel like they don't come up that often. Are they like the ones from the 90s or early 2000s? Like they're the... They're the modern ones. I've seen those before, but not an old one. And yeah, I promise you, if exciting. that thing had been from like 1890 or 1900 and was wood, I wouldn't have cared what it felt like in my it hands. It could that actively be talking home. to the room around you with everyone be able to hear it. And if it was from the 1890s, you'd have brought it home anyway. I absolutely oh. agree. <laughs> that plan check had been moving by itself. I'd be like, it's fine. I'm taking it. It is coming home with me. <laughs> like- the whole thing's vibrating so hard you can barely hold on to it. You'd still put it on the <laughs> counter and give them your card. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm. It's not a lie. It would. I, I'd be like, you're gonna come home. I'm going to take care of you. But a later one, eh, maybe a little more picky on. I mean, yeah, that's that's super valid. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. But I would say this leads into our episode, but it really doesn't. We don't involve a Ouija board, but it does involve spirits. But don't all our podcasts involve spirits? Yeah, I mean, that's not really a big stretch for us. If we're talking about it, it probably (laughs) tangentially has to do with the subject of spirits somehow. Very true. But we can not so subtly segue into our topic for today because, hey, why not? Okay, so recently I actually got to go um, home to see my parents who still live in my hometown where I grew up and it was kind of cool because this year is also my high school reunion I don't really want to put out there how many years I have been out of high school but it's a big we've only dated ourselves like four other ways on the podcast so far but you can be sly about it now you can say it was a big number it was a five or a a zero it wasn't just like the seventh year reunion it was it was a round number that is important to lots of people yes so it was a big reunion but it kind of got me thinking about like my years going to school there and all those stories and then I was like oh my gosh how have I never talked to Caitlin about where I went to school had ghost stories like there were hauntings which is very appropriate for me it feels like (laughs) but we thought since this time of year is all the kids are going back to school. Wouldn't it be fun to do an episode centered around a haunted school? So this is kind of our back to school special, if you will. <laughs> it's our haunted homecoming. Haunted homecoming. I love it. We had to bring on a special guest for this episode as well, because most of the stories actually aren't my stories. They're my dad's stories. And my dad was a coach and a teacher at this school for several years and we're like why not have our first interview ever on the podcast be my dad just seem natural 
But um, he has some fabulous stories. And so we actually, when I was home, I got to record the podcast with my dad. And we're going to play that interview for you soon. But before we do, I thought I'd give you a little history and a little background about the town and the area where the school is. So maybe that will help us understand who's haunting it. Maybe not, but if anything, it's just a little history, which I feel like we do really well here. I mean, you have to set the stage. That's the rules for our podcast. Exactly. Okay, so for the history, I decided to just refer to it as my hometown, just for a little bit of privacy. And also, we don't want ghost hunters, like, bombarding the school, (laughs) like, trying to do hunts or investigations. So, but I'll still give you a little bit of information. So, It is located near Northeast Texas. It's about 105 miles north of Dallas. So it's all the way up at the top of Texas. The land was populated originally primarily by the Caddo people. And then soon early settlers from the United States began arriving and settling the area as early as 1824, which is pretty early for Texas. That's when it's still part of Spain and Mexico later. So this is before we've actually gained our independence. The town began to grow and it was a center really for most of its history for cattle, farming, which are still big there, cotton and the railroad. And it had a big boom in the early late 1800s, early 1900s. Now where the school sits, it was originally part of a survey for R. Russell And it was 4,664 acres. And Caitlin, I I went back and I was going through the records. I was looking for anything, like any crazy history or I don't know, (laughs) whatever we normally think of when a place is haunted, like a murder or mystery or something. All I could find, it was farmland. Everything pointed to it was farmland. And even when I was looking at the different owners over the years, it doesn't look like anyone actually lived there. Like they, because I could find where they would live in town, and this is like land that they owned. Now, what was cool, how the school got the land, it was actually, it seems fitting because it was donated from a man that owned it who was actually a former coach and teacher. So he was using it to raise his cattle, and in 1965, he sold the school district part of it to build the school on, which was really kind of cool. So a teacher helped get another school going. And this school district in particular, it was actually made up of a collection of more than 60 little rural school districts that, and this is really typical of um, towns where you have a bunch of little schools out in the country, and then they finally all consolidate and come together to form one. And that officially happened in the 1970s. And from there, the rest is history. So it's just a small town school that has a very interesting haunted story to it and weird things that happen that nobody can explain i mean we get into it a little bit with your dad's stories about his theories behind it but we'll let you all listen to the interview yourselves and hear what coach has to say (laughs) sounds great i can't wait okay everyone so for our very first guest on the calling all spirits podcast this is my dad and everybody knows him as coach so here he is. Well, thank you all for having me on. It's quite an honor to be asked to be on this. Uh, 
in, in uh, the twilights of the football season this year. But uh, I guess I'll give a little introduction to what my experience uh, early on with spirits are because uh, I worked in a museum and uh, in college, and we would go there at nights and because uh, I had a key, and we would uh, go up there and get on top because it had a secret uh, passageway to the roof and uh we could watch uh, the cars go by nobody knew we were up there and uh, i never saw any kind of uh spirits or anything while we were there but we were having adult spirits probably at the time so that could have numbed our senses i don't know but anyway so that was kind of the i, I wasn't a person that ever felt spirits or anything uh, through life or didn't think a whole lot about it and uh until later on it's going to be a part of the story that i'll tell but uh, back then i didn't think anything about it and then i had a reading from jessica's friend and um, i'd never done that before and uh, i don't know that i was skeptical but really didn't know what to expect so i went in there and when it first started i was kind of watching the expressions kind of like you know when you go to the doctor and wait for the blood work to come back to see what what their face looks like for good or bad news and that was kind of that was the way i kind of entered into it but um come to find out it was it was very enlightening and and she was dead on on some things there's no way she could have ever known about me or people that i knew and uh so it was it was quite humbling and and exciting to do that for the first time and it's actually the only time i've ever done it but uh but i would do it again and uh it was it was quite it was quite enlightening like i said but uh so uh, like i say uh, going into all this i uh I didn't know much about the spiritual world and until we got into uh, coaching, and I guess there's questions to ask, and we'll go from there about what, what's taken place while I was in my coaching career. I do have a quick question. Was it the reading that you got at Jessica's house during the tea party? No, but, you know, they did a little one there with cards, but this was, this was in a... Okay, different one. <laughs> that was okay. Caitlin. Yes, yes. I, yeah, that was my second, actually. That was me. Yes, no, you're right. That was I, I did. Uh, I, it was a little different kind, but yes, yes, I did. Yeah, right. I'm the one who did the cards. I was like, wait a minute. If you only had one, that was me. But never mind. If you had two, <laughs> no, it was fun too. I enjoyed that one as well. Oh yeah, I don't do anything like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you had that first reading though. That's really impressive because I am a half-assed novice at all of this, um, despite having tons of time to practice i never seem to practice so i'm glad you had a better more experienced first person that's awesome <laughs> and it was that yes okay so tell them because i know your story but well without naming the name but tell them a little bit kind of about what you did for a career and stuff to give them a background of who you are yeah i coached for 36 years and coached numerous sports football was probably my main sport but basketball track uh golf i i was involved with a lot of different sports and then i became a head football coach and a uh, athletic director for 17 years so uh then i was over all sports and attended a lot of sports obviously and i've always loved sports so that's that's kind of where my background was for for my whole career loved the classroom too i was a history teacher Loved that until I became the athletic director and time wouldn't allow me to stay in the classroom. So I was strictly over athletics at that point in time. And I have to put out there because I know coaches that are history teachers get a bad rap, but I have to brag on him. He was actually teacher of the year. 
He won that award. He was an awesome teacher. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to make a crack about that being basically a stereotype in the U.S. now. Yeah, I love the classroom. If you actually care about history, I'm sure it made a difference. And shoot, if you're getting history teacher, teacher of the year, that's uh, that's definitely impressive. Plus, I mean, you helped cause this history nerd sitting next to you. So clearly you had an appreciation for the subject. True. That's true. I had some influence, I think. And, you know, and coaches did get a bad rep, especially, you know, years ago. All they worried about was athletics, and and their classes were a, were a blow-off class. But they, they became stricter on uh, on the teachers, the coaches, to be better classroom teachers. But if you're not a good teacher or instructor, you're going to be a bad coach as well. So uh, usually – Great coaches are also great classroom teachers if uh, they really have a love for the subject. Sometimes they're thrown in things, <laughs> uh, study halls and things like that, if they're bad, they're bad teachers. They find a way to shuffle them out of the classroom where they don't destroy kids. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> Fair point, fair point. Caring about the subject is definitely important. That yeah. makes sense. So I think tell them a little bit kind of about like, so your first experiences and stuff, and um, we can even give them a background. We won't use names. Maybe background about the buildings and then our suspicions and then what happened. Maybe the background first. Well, we had, unfortunately, we had several athletes while we were there that, that died. And uh, one of them was a mysterious death where some kids went out. Uh, it was actually during basketball season. They went out in a car after the basketball game, and his kids did. They had some beer. They got in an argument. One kid got out of the car out in the middle of the country. They said they couldn't find him. He was found on the road the next day, run over by an 18-wheeler. And it's never, never has there been anything proven of how he died who was involved in it every now and then it will come up on an anniversary that if anybody knows ever heard of anything to please report it and so that was one of the really mysteries that uh, took place in a very tragic death he was only a junior in high school and he was one of my players he was a linebacker and at that time I was an assistant coach uh, when he perished so uh knowing that and there there were kids that you know in in the twi- in the highlight of their career they were they lost their lives another was a kid before i got there that uh i think it was an overdose or i know he was doing some steroids but he died in his sleep or died in the in his home and uh i knew him and they named uh, the weight room after him before i ever got there but there were there were several along the way that had passed away, but coaching there as an assistant coach, I never saw heard anything. And now you walk through this old it was an old building then. We've built a new facility since then. It was an indoor and great uh, workout and and uh, training facility as well as locker rooms. But then it was it was an older type of building. Nothing really primitive about it. It was just an old metal building that, like a lot of them look like, that people use for locker rooms. But never really, never saw anything, heard, uh, no, I didn't even hear anything. It's just kind of when you'd walk through there turning off lights at night, for whatever reason, the hair might stand up a little bit on the back of your neck. But uh, nothing particular until I got the head job. And then the first a week or two or three days after I was hired, I needed to stay up there at night and uh, 
get the files together and get get my office organized and for everything I needed. And so uh, Jessica, I think, was in dance, and uh, Allison, her sister, was also off doing sports and different things. So I told him, I said, y'all go get something to eat, or before you go get something to eat, come by and pick me up, and uh, and I'll go with y'all. So I'm in my office, and it was in the very back of the building. There was a door uh, that p- kids always walked in, and you could hear it open and shut, or if anybody walked in, you'd hear it open and shut. So I was sitting back there. And I heard the door open, shut, walked up there, nobody, went back in, started working. A few minutes later, the door opened, shut, and it, it was a big heavy metal door, and it had uh, the type of hinge that automatically closed itself and kind of slammed when it did. I walked back in there, didn't see anything again, sat down. So also in this field house, between the field house and the stadium, there was a little walkway that the kids always walked by on their way to go to their locker or to their locker room and on this metal building they would put their hand and it'd make a sound as they walked by and you could just hear it whopping up up against the corrugated tin as they walked by well all of a sudden i hear this corrugated tin being rattled like somebody's walking by i go out the other door and look nobody's out there sit back down um and uh, a few minutes later uh somebody's running in the bleachers and we had metal bleachers and that's what we did kids for training they would run up and down the bleachers somebody was running bleachers which it wasn't uncommon people went out around the track and worked out nobody was out there and so that's when i i called uh, denise their mother and said uh, come on pick me up i'm about ready to leave tonight <laughs> and uh that that was that was the first experience but Every now and then, it was always at night. If you were in there by yourself, all of a sudden you started hearing sounds. And uh, so uh, I had an athlete that was a good athlete, and uh, he wanted to have a chance for a scholarship. Well, back then, it was pretty remote how you how you gave uh, tape out to colleges. You had to go through every film, and if you saw a part you, you liked, you marked it, and uh, and you recorded that part, and you had to look through more film to find it. They have something called Huddle now. It's all computerized and digital, and it's it's very simple. Back then, it wasn't. So uh, this this player's dad was a good friend of mine. He was a school board member, and he's also a Methodist minister. And I told him, I said, I'm going to go ahead and leave. I showed him how to do it. <clears throat> I said, stay as late as you want and, and get as much tape as you want. He said, that's fine. I said, watch the noise. And he kind of laughed and uh, and left me. Well, about an hour later, he left the field house. He he heard all the same things that night that that I had heard when I was there as alone alone as well. So uh, that there and then uh, uh, Denise was there because she's gonna wait. We're, we've got another guest host coming on. Mom's going to tell her story, okay, so well, don't don't tell right, her story. Right. But didn't he not believe you that it was haunted? Oh, you know, he kind of laughed it off. You know how people will, you know, about hauntings and stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, he, he he did experience it as well. And probably the other 
story that really sticks out was as time went on, I had a lot of coaches come and go. Some needed to be fired. Some took on better jobs and moved on to other places. But a lot of these guys that I had hired weren't there when I was an assistant coach uh, when this kid passed away mysteriously. So somebody asked about him one day. So I was explaining the story of the the mystery of, of his death. And uh, while we're sitting there, uh, there's, there was a copy room that goes into the bathroom. And a ream of paper slams to the floor and the door to the bathroom slammed shut. And uh, the, my trainer was right there, and he was where he could see into that room. And I was sitting in the middle of the room, and I looked at him, and I said, who went in that room? He shook his head and said, nobody. <laughs> so, and that was as we were telling his story and the mystery of his death. So coincidence? I don't know, but... uh that's some of the eerier things that I, I experienced in in the old field house where I coached. Those are those are also distinctive sounds. Like you don't mistake hands going along corrugated tin or running up and down metal bleachers for any other sound. No, 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 you don't. Because we would sit in the coach's office and hear it all the time. And so, I mean, it, we knew somebody was out there, but it was obvious they loved to run their hand down there. Or they'd be in the stands and nobody was around. So, uh, uh, you know, although another story I didn't really, of course, all this had happened. I really didn't hear or see anything. But our soccer coach, which uh, he's a really great guy, uh, he left the door unlocked to our press box after a soccer game because he was responsible for locking it. He, and uh, so at 2 in the morning, I got a call from the police that our our uh, press box was wide open. And so I had to get up and go and see if somebody had broken in or secured the door. And uh, they didn't go up there with me. I just went up there <laughs> in that dark stadium <laughs> into that dark press box. And like I say, it could be my imagination running wild, but the hair was definitely standing up on my neck once again. I didn't, I didn't hang around long. I, I went down to assure them that it was just a coach's mistake. And, uh, the coach was laughingly reprimanded the next day for his era, but, uh, but that that was just kind of the way it was out there. And uh, and and there was there was another couple who uh, they used to go sit in the parking lot to park. They were they're now <laughs> married, but they were high school sweethearts, and they have seen a, a vision of somebody walking across the field. Now that's prior to us building our indoor facility and new. Uh, training room and all they they would look up or she looked up and saw somebody walking across this practice field and then it just disappeared and i think they'd seen that more than once that they they described to me so there was definitely something going on out there yeah if they were comfortable enough with the story to be able to repeat it and feel confident in retelling it odds are they saw it more than once yeah and i want dad i want to get your input in a minute but i remember a story from another one of the coaches who i adored that said when they'd get back late from a game that he, I always said, he said he would just throw the equipment into the field house, slam the door because he was too scared to actually go in there at night. Yeah, it was it was eerie in there. It had a feel to it. I don't, I can't say what. I was in there a lot having to close it up, but uh, 
it, it definitely you could you could just feel something wasn't quite right. Well, and we should say too for people to get a visual, this field house it wasn't just like a small like square building. It was long and there were no windows. It was to get in and out were metal doors. So like when the door slammed, there was it wasn't like there was a breeze that slammed it shut. Like it was all enclosed. Yeah, yeah. And it got real dark too. Oh yeah, no windows would definitely make it dark. Anyway, that's, uh, and I haven't heard with any coaches now, I'm retired, and uh, they use it for a baseball locker room now, and I haven't asked if uh, they've heard or seen anything, But and most of the coaches that I, I, that worked with me have now moved on or retired or their other places, so uh, you can't go back and ask. It would have to be something fresh that, that they would have seen or heard, so... Well, and we also have to say that wasn't the only building that was haunted on the property. And, and would, would I be right, Dad? It was all kind of in that same little strip of property. It wasn't the whole district that had spirits. Right. There was there was one other school. as an elementary school. And uh, they, they had a name for a lady they saw dressed in colonial outfit. And every now and then she would appear in the hallway, especially at, at off hours before school, after school, where the kids went around. And I can't remember what they called her, but, uh, but they said, oh, yeah, we've seen her quite a bit. Aww. So, okay. But I, I never saw anything. I just heard distinct sounds. Well, and was it Colonial? I guess it'd be more Pioneer, though. Was it Pioneer? I mean, Colonial I Texas sounds so. about right. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, this uh, this property used to be a farm, uh it was a consolidated school of a lot of country schools that came together. They bought the farmland and just built a school district out there. So uh, uh, a lot of the early history, most of the people that would know it have passed on. We, it's really hard to get any true research on who might know a little bit more about that property. I'd heard it was a hog farm. And other than that, uh, I don't know. But I think it was some more recent, somebody reaching out often thought it was probably the kid that got killed mysteriously especially after I became the head coach and I was in charge it seemed to start showing up like he was trying to reach or tell me something this way I felt it was yeah yeah and he probably wouldn't say this well you may but I think my dad is also super sensitive too so I think it was I agree. Well, and then we had a friend that worked in one of the buildings, not the elementary school, but another building close to the field house. And she said she'd sit. This is so creepy. And dad, tell me if I'm telling this right, but she'd sit in her office like after hours and she would just see a woman walk right by her door or sometimes stop in the door frame and look at her and then just keep on walking. And that happened a lot. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of stories out there about different teachers, and most of them are sane, you know, they seem to be, for the most part. <laughs> they were all a little crazy, but... Uh... <laughs> no, yeah, my mom's a teacher, I can vouch for the fact that you're all a little crazy. You gotta be, you gotta be to do that job. <laughs> uh, no one takes on a horde of children without being a little bit, a little bit crazy. Yeah, and Caitlin, you'll get a kick out of this, but... um. Back before I really got into this world, gosh, I was just teaching. I was like my first year teaching. Um, and one of the coaches' wives was really into the paranormal at the time. And she's like, we need to do an investigation in the field house. And of course, she knew <laughs> I'd be game. So I'm like, okay, let's go. And I was such a scary cat. So we went 
at night. Remember, this building has no windows. Like, it is pitch black inside. She insisted on keeping all the lights off. And so we're walking through this long metal building in the pitch black. And, um, like, now I'd be totally into it. But at the time, she'd be like, okay, if anybody's here, give us a sign. And under my breath, I'd be like, please don't give us a sign. Please don't give us a sign. Like, I was terrified. So the whole time, I was like, no, no, I'm good. Please don't. Please don't say anything to us. But so, um, and then halfway through, a thunderstorm broke out. So there was like, boom of thunder. <laughs> I I did not last long. She wanted to stay for several hours. I, I'm not exaggerating. I think we made it like 45 minutes. Wow. And then... <laughs> it was supposed to be a camp out. It was a short camp out. <laughs> <laughs> The ghost and Mr. Chicken there. <laughs> Which now kind of kills me because I would love to go back and actually get to investigate it. But, um, I don't know. You're going to, I don't know if we can get that. We'll have to check with the new coach and see what he says. But um, yeah, at the time, I didn't want anything to do with it. I was, but it, and it was, a, I, and he's right. When you walked in that building and it was dark, it was eerie. Like it, you know, you understand this, Caitlin, about certain places. Like it just had a feel to it. And it wouldn't be a place that you would think would feel really creepy, but it but it did. And it sounds like it's a little bit more than that sensation of a busy space that isn't busy anymore. Was it like liminal space or something where it's like a school after hours in general or a hospital that's been closed down? Because it's supposed to be busy, its emptiness feels like it's haunted even when it's not. This seems like it's more than that. It, it could be. I like to say, y'all, y'all know more about it than I do. I just, I know there was things that were unexplained and noises uh, that drew my attention and uh, some other people that were there when I wasn't there that heard some of the same type of activity. So uh, it was legit, it really was. Yeah, the the sounds especially make it seem like it's more than just feeling empty when it shouldn't be empty. It sounds like well, no, it sounds like there were sounds. So, um, yeah, no, that that definitely ranks a little bit differently. Well, yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on. And is there anything else or any other ghostly stuff you want to talk about? Or about Jess. We can definitely talk about Jess if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I was his child that had an imaginary friend. Yeah, yeah. Rika lived with us, you know, for years there growing up. But uh, uh, Jess, Jess was a sweet girl and she was, she was easy to raise, I promise you. I was very blessed with my family and my daughters and... Uh, and now they're grandchildren, so I'm uh, I'm enjoying retirement, so it's all good. Well, and we do have one more ghost story. Your new, you've experienced stuff in y'all's new house a little bit, out in the man cave. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I catch a flash every now and then. I mean, it could be some eye ailment that I have. I don't know, but <laughs> but <laughs> maybe something I need to go see the optometrist about. But I will catch a flash every now and then, or a door that'll whop shutting in my shop which uh the guy that lived here uh passed away suddenly from a fall and uh and he could be out there with me i'll just you know tell him to quit or something and <laughs> go on he's, he's he's not a it's not a bad vibe but uh sometimes i kind of feel like he might be in there helping me sometimes but uh, uh yeah yeah I, I think i catch vision sometimes out of the corner of my eye but like i say it, it could be a some kind of stigmatism, I don't know. 
mean, maybe get yourself checked for cataracts, but... Uh, yeah, 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 it could be, you know, at 66, who knows? I mean, otherwise, if he's not bothering you and he's willing to enjoy your space, just don't interrupt me and it'll be fine. Yeah, it was his happy place out there. I think this gentleman spent a lot of time there, so... Oh, that's and, uh So I've just tried to keep it good for him out here, so... Maybe you'll stay happy with me. There you go. If he stays happy, you stay happy. It becomes a feedback loop of goodness. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I have to admit, when they first got the house, you know me, I kind of walk through and I'm like, okay, but it, it feels good. It feels happy. So I was even out here by myself one night and yeah. it was, and we're out in the country, but it was, it, it's good vibes. But I, I had to mention our, our new house may have a resident. Yeah, mine, it's mm. all good. <laughs> you just, it just came with an extra roommate that no one talks about. It's fine. Uh, no kidding. He didn't say much anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all having me on. Though. No, it's we appreciate fun. you being here. This was awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. And and like I said, I appreciate you coming on and being our first guest. Yeah, glad I could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, we will. Okay, we've got one more surprise guest. It's like a bonus. I didn't know she was going to come on, but she wanted to, and we're so excited. I think she was scared she had to be on camera, so. <laughs> we're like, no, no, we, we don't, don't brave that yet, no. We'll get there no. eventually. Not yet, so I will bring her on. Okay, everyone, so we have a bonus guest for you. My mom is coming on because she had a really creepy experience, and I thought, who better to tell it than her? So here's my mom. Ah, how is everyone? I'm so glad you're joining us, too. This is fantastic. Thank you. Well, fortunately, I only have one story, but it was a scary one. <laughs> and uh, so we were at the field house, and a friend of mine was with me, and we were there early afternoon. The bleachers are metal, so anytime anybody goes up or down, you hear them whether you're in the building or not, it's loud. And people come up there to work out, walk the track, run the bleachers all the time. So that's not anything new or special. So we were there doing some taping of some dance things and stuff that our girls were doing. And um, it was late afternoon, but light outside. And we heard somebody running the bleachers. And since we were there by ourselves, we were a little curious as to who it was. And so we heard them, and they kept running and running. And so we walked outside to see if it might be somebody we know, and there was no one there at all. And so we thought, okay, well, maybe they've quit and are on the track or around. So we walk around to look. Nobody was there. So we go back in, and we thought, okay, well, that's weird. They were really in a hurry to leave. And we hear it again. And we think, okay, let's run outside real quick and look. Nobody was there. And it was loud. And so at that point, I said, mm-hmm, ghost, yes, we're out of here and we're gone. <laughs> and so we left as quick as the, the bleachers quit or whoever was running the bleachers. But um, fortunately, that was my only story with it. It was really creepy. I knew all of that was going on, so I tried not to be there by myself just so that I didn't encounter any more spirits. That would have been a little a little much for me at that point in time. So that's that's my story from the field house. That is a valid response. Just not going there after hours. 
Makes perfect sense. Uh, yes, and I was there a lot of times after hours in the dark Oof. when it was just the girls and I and Tommy. Fortunately, since he had had so many episodes happen, he wasn't too anxious to stay too late when it was just <laughs> us. So we, we got out of there pretty quick, and we were looking over our shoulders. We were listening for anything and everything because... We knew stuff went on. We tried not to hang around there any later than possible by ourselves. Okay, so just kind of to set this up, I know we talked about the building has no windows, but it's really long, skinny, and rectangular, but it had, it was divided up into several different locker rooms for like freshmen, juniors, so forth. So what was really creepy at night, and mom can attest to this, you had to start at the very end of the building and turn off the lights as you went until you got to the door. So when we talk about always feeling like there are people watching you, it just like got darker and darker and darker Ooh. as you went. Um, and I remember that being it because I was, I mean, I wasn't little. I think I was in junior high. And I always remember that being the creepiest part was turning off the lights in this building. And that's when you just felt like you were con- you were being watched, like there were people behind you. Plus the fact you go in out into a dark parking lot. And so once you hit that final light before you went out, it was dark. Yeah. It was dark. And usually we or Tommy or the kids and I were some of the last ones out pretty much every time. So you were you were alone. <laughs> well, like, you, let's say you were alone, but maybe you weren't alone. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. That sounds like the absolute worst version of being uh, the kid in the basement. You turn off the light and you run up the stairs as fast as possible. This is like the next level version of that. Yes, exactly. So then you drove straight to Whataburger or something. Literally anywhere with lights. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To shake that off. Instead of one room like the basement, you have to turn off the lights to like five rooms Mm. as you run out the door. Yeah, it was spooky. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. We're so excited. You're welcome. You're welcome. So that kind of concludes our fun back to school episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. I'm really excited. I Now this makes me want to just at least drive by the school. Maybe go take a run on the track. See if I feel anything now that I'm into the mediumship. See what I can pick up. I mean, you're in your hometown. Take advantage of the timing. Yes. Okay, I may do that. And if I do, I'll snap some pictures. I'll make sure I won't get a name in them, but I'll maybe I'll snap a, snap some pictures of the infamous stairs so you can see yes, what we're talking about. We in the, or the bleachers. The bleachers, excuse me. Until then. In the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. And as usual, if you enjoyed the episode, please do us the favor and appease the podcast gods by leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, hit subscribe if you haven't done so yet so that you know when we release new episodes. Also, we want to hear from you. So let us know what you think about this episode and if there are any spirited topics you want us to explore in future episodes. You can always find us on Instagram or Facebook at Calling All Spirits Pod, or you can email us at Calling All Spirits Pod at gmail.com. And I think we've pretty much established that if they want to contact us via the old high school, your dad's not there anymore to receive the message. So there's probably a better way of getting in contact with us. But as usual, do not rap on our headboards there, or use ectoplasm. Yeah, no, it no ectoplasm, no rapping. We, we, we don't have the patience or the 
Ooh, or the goosebumps for that. We just can't. Nope. (laughs) (gasps) But until then, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.